Welcome to the Dr. Donna Podcast, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 141, Words Matter. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. I'm Dr. Donna, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I want to talk about verbal abuse, or words matter. I've talked about this before when I was going through the uh, what is child abuse, and I talked about the fact that verbal abuse is as powerful and as destructive to children as any other kind of abuse, and it's overlooked and ignored a lot of the time. But I bring it back up because I noticed that um, one of the PSAs on TV uh, was called, you know, they talked about words matter. And I couldn't agree more. You know, I always realized this. And when you think about it in terms of yourself as an adult, how it feels when people call you names or tell you that you are, that you don't matter, that you're incompetent, that, you know, I, in, in ways that are demeaning to you as an adult, it feels bad. It feels like somebody's stabbing you. Um, or if you see children, you know, playing and somebody's bullying uh, one of them, you can hear the words that are being used. You can see that the child is just bending over and with pain. Words matter and verbal abuse is as powerful as any other kind of abuse. Um, one of the one of the reasons I bring it up today too, as well, is that there there's been a shift in how we deal with children who are, you know, who who are um, abusive to other children, and you know, it used to be that if there was a bully on the playground, the bully on the playground got called out. Sometimes you'd, you know, sit down with them and explain, explain to them that it was inappropriate, ask them what was going on. Uh, and we really don't do that much anymore. What we tend to do is we tend to take the child who's being bullied and focus on them, which we also need to do. Because, I mean, if you are, uh, if you're if you're a child and you're getting bullied, you you need to hear from adults that they care about you and that whatever's going on, you know, needs to be addressed. But you know, I I've just noticed, okay, this is just me now. I've just noticed that rather than trying to deal with the interactional problem and the bully and the victim and all that kind of stuff, we tend to take the kid out of the situation, put them in a different school, put them in a private school, homeschool, whatever. And it's like, that doesn't help children. Children 
need to be need to be able to deal with life on life's terms. It's called resilience. They need to be able to develop resilience. Resilience isn't something you're born with. It's something that you attain by dealing with the with conflict, with pain, with you know, like living life on life's terms. Trying to by trying to remove any potential conflict, that is not useful to children because they do not become resilient. And, you know, it verbally, verbal abuse is not acceptable, but helping somebody to talk, learn how to talk about their emotions, their feelings is very useful, even for the bully. I mean, find out why they're doing what they're doing. Chances are pretty good. It's happening to them because crap rolls downhill. Bullies bullied. They bully somebody else, makes them feel better. And as adults, we need to be able to step in and help that child who's been bullied as well as the one who is being victimized. Not to focus on, you know, we've got this kid who's been victimized, now we need to focus all our energy on them. It's not working out that way. And that's not really how it works anyway. You know, you, the child who is verbally abused by adults is a different story. Okay, so verbal abuse is like screaming at somebody in their face. And I'm talking about adults to children now. Okay, so screaming in a child's face, calling them names, ridicule a child using sarcasm. And sarcasm is really emotional insincerity okay it's like if i'm being sarcastic it might the words might sound not problematic at all might be basic but then when you look at the emotion behind it you can feel it you can feel the anger coming out or the emotion that's not being spoken um and usually it is anger like I said, ridicule or listening to that happen to somebody else is also verbally abusive to a child when it's coming from an adult. Children believe everything that adults in their lives tell them. So, you know, they might not believe uh, somebody they don't know but they do believe all of their all of the people in their village and their who are who are charged with caring for them as they're growing up they believe their teachers they believe their principals they believe their neighbors they believe their aunts uncles older cousins grandparents 
babysitters, nannies, they believe everything, not just what the parents believe, not just what the parents say. Now, most of the time, parents will win out, but, you know, when somebody calls you names and you're a child, it goes right through your system. You don't have boundaries when you're a child. You're not able to say to, you know, let's say your teacher tells you that you're, that was stupid and that you're just acting stupid. It's like, if your teacher tells you that, you absolutely believe it. And you don't have any way to think about, wow, that's really more about the teacher than it is about me. It doesn't happen. No, when you're a child, you believe what people tell you. And as a teenager, you still believe what people tell you. Even if you try and act all tough about it and that doesn't really matter, if there are people who are the adults in your life and they matter to you, then what they tell you matters. I know I watched... I watched a man once. I could tell that his son was trying to get his approval. <clears throat> and, you know, the kid was trying to do his best. But obviously, if you're a child, you're not going to do whatever it is, task, as well as an adult that's done it over and over and over again for 50 years. That child is not going to do it as well. And I saw this young man trying, well, he wasn't a man, he was a teenager. And he was trying to do what his father wanted him to do. And he'd try. And then the father would say, I can't believe you. I, you know, I just feel like you're such an idiot. How could I have produced somebody that is stupid as you are? And as incompetent as you are, and uncoordinated as you are, Mike, you could just see that child melting into the ground. He was a young teenager, and he was trying to do a sport thing that his father was really good at, and he, he was a kid. But my guess was that that kid was going to either, you know, kill himself doing what he thought was acceptable, or give it up altogether. But you could just see that, you know, it was fracturing his little spirit, hearing this from his father. And I wondered, how many other times has he heard this? Because it didn't seem like it was brand new. It didn't seem like it was something new. And then there was also, I could see in that boy, there was a, you know, some anger coming up that he was afraid to express, of course, but I saw it. He was gritting his teeth. You could see it as his head was bending down in shame because he thought he believed it, that he was incompetent, uncoordinated, an idiot and stupid. These are all names that hurt. You know, they hurt a lot. 
You know, I know personally that I'm not the most coordinated person around. Okay. But I had someone and, you know, just a peer say to me as an adult that I was so uncoordinated. I shouldn't even try that thing I was trying to do. I was like, that didn't feel good. And this person was a peer and I'm an adult and we're both adults. And as a result, I can decide, do I really want this person in my life? Or I could say, you know, when you said that, that really hurt my feelings. Or now that I know about boundaries and I have some, I could think, well, I have some coordinated issues, but you got issues about thinking that you got to call that out on me. And that's really more about you than it is about me. See, these are all these are adult responses. But when you're a kid, you just take it and take it and take it. There's no way out unless you run away. You know, I mean, there's bad ways out besides running away, too. And, you know, like suicide, drugs, alcohol, isolation, diving into Internet places that you shouldn't be. There's so many ways out when somebody's being abusive to you. And, you know, verbal abuse is also very um interesting i you know that's that's kind of a understatement but when you are a child and someone is beating you up okay say you're getting physically abused at some point in your life you will probably recognize that that's not normal and it's not okay and you could even say, you know, you might end up in a therapist office and talk about, yeah, you know, my my parents used to be physically abusive to me. You know, at some point that that wasn't acceptable. You know, even if you're doing it to your own kids and you're and you're making up excuses that it's OK because that's how we always did it. You know that it's not acceptable. Because if your kid ends up in the emergency room with a broken arm, you're going to lie about how they got it. You're not going to say, well, I was just beating him up, you know. It's like, no. So at some point, you know that physical abuse is unacceptable. And if you've been a victim of that as a child, at some point, you're going to say, wait. I was just a kid trying to be a kid. and And even if. I was acting, you know, in a way that would make a grown-up angry. They shouldn't have hit me. They shouldn't have kicked me. They shouldn't have smacked me or slugged me or, you know, any other ways that kids are physically abused. But verbal abuse is not like that. Verbal abuse is different. It goes in. It creates your reality for you as a child. And it starts to help you, help you. It starts to define you for who you think you are. Now, I've said before that your brain believes everything you think. Okay? So, if you think 
that you're stupid because you've been told this over and over and over again. Or you're an idiot because you've been told this over and over again. You're thinking it. And your brain starts to believe it. And so you may start actually believing this and saying that, well, I can't do anything anyway. I'm an idiot. You start to believe it. Versus physical abuse, at some point you say, wait, that wasn't true. That wasn't right. Because all along, if you've been told, if you've been called names or verbally abused by grown-ups, it's, it's making you become who you are, who you become. You know, I knew a kid in school when I was young who couldn't read numbers backwards. I mean, we know now that he had severe dyslexia. And so, you know, people told him I was sitting there. It's like, you're so stupid. You're so dumb. If you just pay attention, you can't even, you know, tie your shoes or so. It, you're so stupid and so dumb. And, you know, later on, I ran into this person and they had a master's degree. And I said, wow, you've really done some good work in your life. And he said, yeah, you know, as soon as I realized that I was dyslexia, I got some help for it. And I went back to school and I got a master's degree. And I said, well, I guess you weren't dumb at all. And and it's like, even when I said that, it was like he went, oh, yeah, I guess I'm not. So he even knew, you know, but but he hadn't really challenged that. He didn't, even, it hadn't even really come up to his reality that people had said that to him. And it was just a shock to him saying, well, I guess when I said to him, you, I guess you're not so dumb after all. It was like he'd forgotten. But it really hadn't hit him. And he said, yeah. Wow. That makes it hard. He sure does. So, you know, being verbally abused as a child or as a teenager is so destructive to a person's spirit. Because they believe everything the grown-ups tell them. You know, I had a woman once who had, you know, been a drug addict, had gone out and was a prostitute and really had a rough life. And then she got clean and sober and started to clean up and, you know, change her life. And, you know, I asked her one day, I said, what? You know, it's like, you seem to be doing okay with the drugs. You don't. Do you have a feeling that you want to go out and use drugs again? She said, no, no, not at all. And I said, well, what's the hardest part about this whole process for you? And she said that her father had always called her a whore when she was young. That whenever she'd wear, you know, like a sweater. <laughs> Sweaters are not known for being really baggy unless you look for one. And so... You know, I, 
you know, he called her a whore for all kinds of reasons that weren't even true, weren't even real about her. She was just busy being a teenager, starting to become a woman, and it upset her father so much that he started calling her a whore. And she said, you know, that's really been hard to stop booing prostitution. It's like she wasn't doing it anymore, but she said she'd think sometimes, oh, I could, I should go out and do that. And then I don't know why I think that. <laughs> well, I think somebody really important to you told you that that was your role in life. It is so important. You know, I, I know that um, right now I've been reading about parenting and new ways to parent and new ideas about parenting. And on one of the things that, which is why this came up again, one of the uh, authors that I read, and I can't remember name right now, said that, uh, you know, positivity and not toxic positivity, because if, you know, if the kid, you know, forgot to study for their spelling test and they get words wrong that they should have got right because they knew him. You say, oh, well, you did such a great job anyway. A kid knows that you're lying to him, okay? This is not a good thing. But to, you know, say more positive, affirming things to children, like I know you're doing your best. I know sometimes we forget. Um, I know that you can do it and give them some inspiration when you know they can, not not things that they can't do. It's like if you're, you know, if your child is not cut out to be a marathon runner, you don't say, okay, now go run that marathon. I know you can. Like, be realistic. Like, I know you can do these spelling words. Let me help you. I know you can do this math. Let me help you. And so it takes time, attention, and energy, just what I've talked about before. But the use of, of words like inspirational words and, and letting them know that they're important, not more important, not less important, but they're very important to you and that they have value in this world. I worked with people over many, many years who were abused as children. And in my legacy workshop, you know, when they were finished getting rid of all the emotional energy that didn't belong to them, like shame, um, I would say to them, you know, you really are a valuable human being. You have worth in this world. And, you know, grown adults who never knew that would just sit there and start to cry. No one had ever told them that as children. And now I was a person who had some authority. I was telling them that as an adult. And I believed it. And I still believe it. And so it would go in. That doesn't mean, like you tell them, they're the greatest in the whole world and they could do every single thing they want because that might not be true. 
So, you know, I was, I was watching a father the other day with his like three or four year old son and they were doing some, you know, playing around and doing some things. And then the father had to do something else and the, the son went off and start, you know, went over to something that probably wasn't a good idea. It could have been dangerous. And when the father noticed, instead of yelling and screaming and calling the kid an idiot or, you know, he said, oh, that's not a toy. Don't touch it. Come back over here. So you see, he gave the child information. He told the child, you're not going to do that. Here, do this. Which, you know, come over here. The child turns around, walks right over. No shame, no tears. I just wanted to applaud. It's like, yay. You know, maybe people in my profession could be out of a job <laughs> if that kind of parenting were to happen. But that's, you know, the child wants a time, attention, and energy. And they don't need it 24-7. But to yell and scream at them, call them names, and make them feel like they don't have any value. And make them feel like they're ashamed, that they should be ashamed. You're an idiot. That doesn't help. It doesn't help children. And if you wonder what that, what those words are, what they feel like, and who says them, think about your own childhood. Think about the things that were said to you that really hurt you. And sense the amount of pain that that caused you and shame that that caused you. Because if you can do that, then you can recognize how important it is that words matter. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Donna podcast here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com slash support. The Dr. Donna Podcast is copyright 2023, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul Podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.